Hey, welcome to the show. Your parents watched th- watched this. <laughs> you want to try that again? Welcome to the show. Your parents watched this. It's Key and Beatty and Brad Semituck. I'm Key and Beatty. I'm Brad Semituck. We're here with your fucking dad, and we're sucking him off right now while we watch <laughs> no. this movie. Hey, we're here with your, careful. We're here with all the listeners' dads, and we're fucking him. Take that, losers. We should start a beef with our listeners. I yeah, I'm you, down. Do you think we could take them? I do. Do I think I could take the fucking babies listening to this podcast? Yeah, I do think I could take them. <laughs> the weak babies, the weak-minded, can't make up their own fucking opinions on movies. Oh, what you're too? You 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 don't want to listen to This American Life? You're fucking too oh, good for that. You ever thought to yourself, "Hey, I wish Cumtown was less funny and Chapo Trap House was more stupid"? Welcome <laughs> to the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What movie are we? Oh, wait. Who are we sponsored by? We're brought to you by your parents. Nope. That's the name. We're brought to you by Comedy Here Often and also maybe iHeartRadio. Some sort of bank, perhaps? The bank of... We're brought to you by the World Bank. Yeah, we're brought to you by the IMF. Yeah. International Monetary Fund. Yeah, well, they call me the international meat fucker because I'm always <laughs> fucking all the listeners' dads. <laughs> yeah, so what, what movie are we doing this week? Um, we're doing Casino by Robert De Niro, right? Oh, uh, he's in it. It's by Martin Scorsese. Uh came out in 1995. It stars De Niro, Pesci, and I believe that's right, Sharon Stone. Uh, it's about a it's a tale of uh, greed, deception, money, power, and murder uh, between two best friends, a mafia enforcer and a casino executive, who compete against each other over a gambling empire and fast living. Fast li- and uh, never mind. Let me redo that. Okay, cut. Put this one in now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Casinos is a it's a tale of greed, deception, money, power, and murder. Uh, Oh, wait, fuck. (laughs) This is worded so weird. Casino is a tale of greed, deception, money, and power. Fuck, I'm sorry. (laughs) A lot of fucking fucking things in this fucking description. I'm sorry. Why is the list so long? I don't know why there's four things. Just use three. Rule of threes for comedy, baby. What are they doing to me? These dumbasses don't know anything about comedy. Fucking up my conventions over here. Uh, a, a, a casino, 1995. It's a tale of greed, deception, money, power, and murder. That's five things. Uh, between two best friends, a mafia enforcer and a casino executive. Uh, they compete against each other over a gambling empire and over a fast-living and fast-loving socialite. Now, let me ask you this right off the top. Has anyone done a character bit where it's where his name's Joe Pussy and he's just like a big pussy? He's like... Hey, if you don't fucking pay me by Tuesday, then you can pay me on Wednesday. That would be fine. <laughs> Matter of fact, you don't even have to pay me at all. If you're not good for it, I don't want to put you in a bad position. I don't want to charge you interest, so why don't we cut the principal in half? You give me half my money back. Anyway, do you need a ride home? Anyway, please listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I like Joe Pussy. <laughs> Joe Pussy is a very nice guy. Joe Pussy is honestly the only guy that I wouldn't be afraid of. Yeah, Joe Pussy is uh, taking down the patriarchal attitude of the American mafia. I really like Joe Pesci, man. I love that that guy's just like carved out a niche, just like being a tough guy. Just being rude to people in movies. Yeah, and, and they're like, he's the best there's ever been. Because the thing about him is he doesn't even look tough. Like, I'm convinced that I could beat Joe Pesci in a fight i mean yeah me too unless he has his joe pesci 38 then it's a completely different story yeah. but if 
well, mono e mono. Well, he I can't believe I can't imagine that's true. Everybody else calls it a Joe Pesci <laughs> to him. <laughs> it's just it's a mere gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I I love that. Do you think that's like like people try and write him as a pussy, and he just like refuses to act like that, like. <laughs> He just, like, you know, maybe he'll apologize, but, like, they won't have any script direction, so he'll just, like, be screaming and punching. I just think that's actually how the mob was. Like, I think just until about 2007, nobody was prepared to get sucker punched. Because, like, really the only way Joe Pesci wins any of his fights in this movie is through sucker punching or jumping. Or just killing some. Because that's, like, kind of his move is that he's insulted and then he's just like, I'll be back. And then he just kills you. Yeah. I mean, that too. But, like, I'm talking just the fist fights of the movie. Yes. Um, Like, I think just back then every man was like, I'm an honorable man. Nobody would ever sucker punch. Exactly. And then the mafia was like... That's how they got a grip on the economy. Like, yeah. It was a lot easier to take over territory back in the day, is yeah. what I'm saying. Back when you didn't think anyone was going to hit you in the balls. Yeah. Back- Everyone was in a suit. You're like, why would somebody do anything violent to me? Yeah, exactly. I'm an upstanding businessman. And then next thing you know, pow, pow Joe yeah. Pesci's coming in five foot five. He's angry. <laughs> he's five foot five and he has a huge beer gut. Yeah. And he's, he's on- swinging. Yeah. He's blowed out of his fucking mind. Yeah. I like that guy. I don't know why the mob was so anti-drugs. Like, I think they could have really kept a handle on their power if everyone was just doing blow. If they pivoted? Yeah. I don't know, man. Because Pesci started doing blow at the end of the movie, and that was when he got too crazy. He wasn't thinking shit through anymore. Got sloppy. That's true, but he did have more power. He did undeniably have more power. He he, he got so much power, they had to whack him. But we'll get to that. Um <laughs> That was one thing I really like researching this movie is I was like trying to just Google shit to make sure I was clear on everything. Yeah. And like a spoiler alert and the podcast that's all about spoiling movies. Um, fucking Joe Pesci gets killed at the end. And I was like Googling it and everyone's like, why did he get whacked? I just loved that everyone was like Googling it in the yeah. mobster vocabulary. <laughs> you yeah. just like, you know, for like the 10 minutes after you watch like this or Goodfellas or Scarface, you can't stop talking about rats and getting whacked and this fucking Momo over here. And you, you just, you're talking like an Italian man. It yeah, I mean, rubs that's off sort of, on you. Sort of the essence of my uh, personality. I watched The Sopranos like three years ago, and I haven't been the same since. Oh, I mean, The Sopranos is really wormed. It's because that's what like hundreds of hours of fucking Italians. Yeah, that's just like growing up in a, in, a, in an Italian family. But here's the thing: we picked this movie uh, because everybody like Goodfellas is like the the big mob movie, right? It is. But this movie is done by the same man, right? Yep. Stars the same folks. More or less. More or less. They're all Italian, so basically the same. Basically the same. You're allowed to say stuff like that about them. Um, So, but, like, I just, I think this, I think Casino is the best mob movie that has been made. Do you? Because I I hadn't seen Casino before this. This is a real role reversal where Brad has seen the movie (laughs) going into it, and I didn't, I like, this was my first time watching Casino. And uh, I've heard a lot of people say that it's better than Goodfellas and all that. But you know what? What? I It is better than Goodfellas. But you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Even more what? I don't like it as much as Scarface. A sham- Dude, really? I, 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 I really don't like th- this, but I'm finding out that I think Scarface is my favorite mop movie. And I don't like that I'm one of those guys now. Why is that? 
I just think it's too good. Like the thing with Scarface as opposed to um uh Casino or Goodfellas, which we also should cover on the podcast at some point soon, is that Goodfellas and Casino are um they they strike me much more as just like criminal epics, which like s- totally so is Scarface. But they're much more like focused on the mob shit and like just mob shit and maybe like some kind of human aspects. Like I can't really remember the major themes of uh, Goodfellas. It's been a while since I watched that one. But with Casino, never fucking snitch. Is I mean, the main takeaway. That's the main takeaway in almost any media that I consume. Yeah, but, uh, but that's just me. I'm built different. You know. Yeah. No. I just I read in, into those into I'm that. The shit. last of a dying breed. So <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of people aren't like me. Um, but um, in Casino, it had like you know themes about greed and like. Uh, personal relationships and power and uh you know just stuff like that but in goodfell or sorry in uh scarface it was so much more about like capitalism and uh i guess like fucking pulling yourself up by bootstraps and yeah i do what wealth means and how it can fuck you up and i i think both are excellent i think both tell the stories awesome and just explore all those ideas very very well but the themes of good or or, sorry of scarface just hit me a little bit harder than the themes that are covered in uh, Casino and Goodfellas. Not to say that one's better than the other, but personally, yeah. I can fucking get a little more amped up for Tony Montana than I can for uh, Ace Roth's whatever his last name is. That's fair. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I was thinking that Scarface has more like allegory shit in it. Like it was hard for me to find lessons in Casino. I feel like Scarface is easier to apply to like your life. It totally is, but. Yeah, you're right. Scarface definitely had some more allegorical shit, and I think that they beat you over the head with it. I wouldn't even say beat you over the head. They were just less subtle about it than in Goodfellas. Or, sorry, than in Casino. Man, this is going to be a nightmare of people uh, with the amount of time I'm mixing this up with Goodfellas. But, um... Yeah, just stop saying Goodfellas. Yeah, I'm not gonna. From now on. Can't do that. Can't do that, I'm afraid. But, uh, yeah, no. Who's gonna fucking listen to the episode if you're always... if you're always fucking nobody's going to listen to this anyway on the fucking down a rabbit hole where you're like, let's talk about some fucking other shit that nobody knows about. <laughs> no one even knows Goodfellas, dude. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> These people haven't seen it. <laughs> we haven't told them to watch it yet. But um, yeah, no, uh, 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 Casino still has like those kind of themes. You just have to like look for them a little bit more. Yeah. Like the, a- after my first watch through, I was like, man, was that just a fucking like a straight mob movie? Is that just a movie about mobsters doing things? And to a degree, yes, That's it is. That's sort of what it feels like. To and me. that is what it feels like. And personally, I love it. I love it. It, it felt like I'm, I'm watching like one of the meandery Tarantino movies where you can just kind of like sit down and you're like, okay, I'm part of this world now. Um, and I love that. And it really only took me till my second watch before I realized, like, oh, there's a lot of themes in here, you know, fucking like I, I think watching Ace, um, uh, the amount that power and money kind of corrupted him and yeah. made him feel untouchable, like almost immediately uh, he, he felt pretty untouchable. I think a good example of that was like, uh, you know, at the beginning where the, the they talk about like they hire all the fucking crew to work at the casino and they get that fucking cowboy guy on the dumbass to work the slots yeah and he the only reason he's he's totally incompetent the only reason he's there is because he's like the county commissioner's nephew yeah and uh ace wants to get rid of him right from the get-go but like he understands that he can't because you know 
they need him for the business. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, as like the money and power starts to go to his head, he's like, fuck it. This guy's out of here. And then that ends up contributing to his greater downfall. Um, That's true. And then also like how he, uh, you know, he's on top of the world. He's the top casino guy. And he feels like just because he has all this money and power and all that he shit. He thought he could trick her into staying. Not even trick her. Just like strong arm her, I guess. Yeah. Like he, they were pretty open about their relationship. She told him that she didn't love him. And then he was like, but how about if you just give me a daughter and I'll give you some money? Then what's love got to do with it even? Yeah, I think it's a good lesson about like uh, not letting your own fucking ego go to your head because he was like thinking he's like who's a better man for her exactly this movie well in your mind you're the best man for her but that's how everyone's mind works that's what everyone i'm i think i'm the perfect partner for every woman in the the world perfect man for any woman even a lot of fellows out there i think i'd be a perfect partner for yeah sorry (laughs) sorry sorry you'll never get it (laughs) (laughs) this is just for me this is just for the ladies sorry holes private (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, no, this movie's like, it's totally about just like fucking power going to your head and thinking you're like hot shit. And that's not to say you're not hot shit, but like even hot shit has its limits with what it you can achieve by just being sick. So it kind of seems to me that you're telling me that you think this movie is just like a subtler Scarface. Because that's a, along the lines of what the themes were in Scarface. I think... I mean, Scarface definitely had some of those themes. I think that they were less prominent than some of the other themes on capitalism and, you know, um, some other shit that was going on in that movie, like the whole fucking say goodnight to the bad guys thing, the point of vilifying people in the community. All that stuff, I think, was a little more kind of front and center than the... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that shit. I mean, but, like, that was totally a part of Scarface. I just think it was really cool that this whole, like, three-hour fucking epic crime drama was just about that it was about power going to your head and it was it told that in a way that like if you didn't want the movie to be about that you could just ignore it and sit back and watch a fucking tight ass mop movie yeah yeah i mean yeah like i know i'm always the fucking make a point in your movie guy on this show but i i like this movie purely because the first like when i watched it the first time the reason i liked it is because i missed all the themes and just saw it as yeah oh this is just a movie about the mob doing mob shit totally and uh i think that's sick man i like the mob <laughs> i think they're good i mean me too man <laughs> i think that we've said that almost every episode on this podcast i'm sure yeah we are pro mafia we are pro the five families we're pro mafia but we're also pro any sort of mafia type Look, me and Brad just like crime and organizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any sort of uh, organized crime, we are for. Pro. We think it's good. Good. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that was fucking awesome in this movie that it was just, you know, a tight-ass mob movie first, and then you know, if you want to read into it, there's plenty of shit to read into. Yeah, um, well, let's read into it a little bit, because I didn't read into it at all, to tell you the truth. Because to me, I was going to come on this podcast, and I was going to tell you this movie has no themes and there's no lessons we can take from it. I just think it's sick. That's what you were going to say? I literally, yes, that was my plan. That's how I feel about the movie still right now. I mean, yeah, well, let's talk about some of them. There was definitely the whole uh, thing with the, I, I feel like kind of the relationship with uh, Ginger was like front and center in this movie. Yeah. Um, I really fucking liked Ginger's character too. That whole arc of her was fantastic. She, like, I feel like I know uh, people like Ginger. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it was a, it was a great way to show like a self-destructive, 
like how uh, being self-destructive can fuck you no matter what position you weasel your way into. Totally. Um, yes. And it was also just kind of interesting, too, to see, like, uh, you know, like, objective success isn't, like, what everybody wants. Yeah. I guess, like, you can have, like, Ginger was given literally everything in the world, but, like, that ultimately, you know, she was kind of... She had some fucking shit going on that she needed to deal with that she hadn't. And yeah, like, listen, some people prefer doing crank in a motel room. Like, some people don't want to be wearing fucking gold all the time. Look, we all have a pimp boyfriend we can't get over. That, That's facts. Well, I mean, all my exes do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, and then, like, by, uh, I guess, uh, fucking... Oh, I also, just on that, I think a good lesson to take from that, that maybe our parents didn't, but we should, is you gotta be mentally right before you get into a relationship. That is definitely one lesson you can take from it. Because, like, like getting married or dating a guy, that's not gonna, like, fix how much you wanna go do crank in a hotel. But it was also kind of a weird position for her to be in, too, because, like, that was also how she made money. Like, yeah. she was just in the business of, like, fucking chatting guys up, making them hang out at the casino for longer. Like, her getting married to uh, Robert De Niro in this movie honestly just felt like a business tra- – or at least from her part, it looked like a business transaction. Yeah. From his side, it looked like he was finally – or at least I think he thought he was finally able to flip this well, he, wild and free woman. Yeah, because he tricked himself into thinking he could buy her love. Exactly, and that's, like, such a fucking dude trait. Because he just... was, like, acting... Like, he knew who she was at first, and then they made this deal, and then he forgot who she was, and then he was, like, shocked when she started being who she was But again. it's, like, not even that he... I, I, you're right, but it's... He didn't even, like, forget who she was. Like, he, the, the, you remember the scene where he made her have a kid... Or they were talking about at their marriage. He made her have a kid first. Yeah. Just for insurance that they would stay together. Like, you don't trust this woman. Stop having, like, it, it's all this hubris of, like, thinking that just because you have so much power and, like, I mean, like, you literally have it all. Like, you've yeah. got an army of enforcers. You have infinite money. You can make calls and people will disappear. Yeah. You can't fucking tame a girl's heart, though. Well, yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, what my friend's divorced dads did in uh, for their second marriage. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm from Sherwood Park, the land of, uh, you know... Second and third marriages. New, the land of new wives. The land of trading up. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. <laughs> the land of lateral moves. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it just reminds me a lot of, like, a guy getting divorced, and then he shows up at his kid's minor hockey game with, like, some Botox lady. And then, like, <laughs> three months lady. later, he shows up at another hockey game just reeking like whiskey because oh, yeah. she left him in the night. And it's like, well, I don't know, man. You should just be a good judge of character. Yeah, that's kind of on you, man. So here's my lesson from from this relationship in this movie is um, whatever your hunch about a person is, you're right. Yes. And run. Absolutely. Never let anyone in. (laughs) (laughs) Build that wall. (laughs) Build that wall, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Build that wall. Make it out of gold jewelry. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, and then, uh, I feel like, uh, Rob, uh, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci almost had, like, parallel downfalls in this movie. 
Yeah. Like they both had power going to their heads and it was almost like fueled by the other guy to a certain degree. Like Joe Pesci felt untouchable because he was working for Ace and then Ace or, you know, Robert De Niro uh, felt untouchable because he had Joe Pesci on his side. Yeah. And they both had like very slightly different interests that just ended up fucking exploding at a certain point in this movie. And I think that goes to show you never trust your day ones. No friends. <laughs> yeah, fuck no new friends. Yeah. No friends at no all. No friends, period. <laughs> Across Is- the board. <laughs> Isolationism, baby. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like young M.A., man. There's no such thing as day ones. You're all disposable. Does she say that? She says that. Damn, dude. That is one cold bitch, eh? Honestly, young M.A. is all I've been listening to lately. Oof. I love that lady. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. Not one. I, I, I think it's it's very fucked the way he tries to control the woman. Like, I don't know. I think that's... Like, they're both s- swindlers and scammers and a little s- schemy and connivy, but like... It's fucked. It's fucked to me to be like you have to have my child. You must if you want this million dollars. You have to have my baby. But that's like a very I don't know. That feels like a fucking rich guy mentality. Like when you're that fucking hot shit, or at least you think everyone perceives you in that untouchable hot shit type of way. You just feel like you have a license to make insane demands of people like that. Yeah, and expect that they would not only like that they're down for it but that like they want to do that like that it's a good deal for them which like maybe on paper it is but they also have to put up with your bitch ass yeah and you got to remember that like having a baby is throwing away your whole life yeah that's insane that was one thing that all it always rattles me in these mob movies about how casually they just have kids at a certain point yeah like they do it in (laughs) goodfellas too where it's like okay uh, third act time to have some kids and then they just like how do you have time to raise your son yeah, like I'm. I don't. I'm not trying to run a casino and outrun the police, and I feel like I'm drowning in shit that I have to do. Yeah, not even one person wants to kill me right now. Exactly. I have to do an open mic later and go to school tomorrow, and I'm just like, how will I have time? <laughs> yeah. And I'm still skipping one of them. Yeah, exactly. And I'm phoning two out of two <laughs> of those in. Yeah, um, I I do think it's like. He was trying to, like, build or, like, prove that he could trust her or whatever. But there's just, like, way... There's so many other ways you can prove that some that you can trust someone instead of, like, making them have your baby. Well, and it's like, like hey, it maybe... Like it's a fucked up thing to subject a kid to, at like, at the bare minimum. Oh, yeah. I mean, she got fucking... Her, the kid got fucking tied up to a bed because... He fucking forced a lady who didn't want to have a kid or get married into having a kid and getting married with And I'll tell you what, that's a lesson none of our parents learned, which is don't have a kid as, like, a (laughs) Band-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, just do it as, I don't know. I don't know why people want to have kids, man. It seems hard. Yeah, I don't know. Like You imagine that. I can't even think of one good reason, like, one good, like, have a kid in this situation. I can't. Well, it's just like, let me let me pitch you a scenario. You're financially comfortable. You have a house. You have a nice wife. You got a dog. And then I wake up from my dream and realize I haven't eaten in two days. No, this isn't a dream. This is real. (laughs) And you're like, let's fucking let's I'd I'd like to be on the ropes again. (laughs) You're like, oh, finally made it. Time to dive back into the fucking shark. Yeah, let's let's I'd like it to be fucked for 18 more years. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to I'd like to have a lot more. This is good. 
but I'd like to have a lot more on my mind. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, like the whole point of life is like struggling until you don't have to struggle anymore. And then you don't. And then you just like have kids instantly. What? You're like, let me fuck this up. Yeah, yeah. Time to have a lot going on. Yeah. That's not me, man. But yeah, like I should I, have a kid now when I'm still hustling. I don't know. It's and just, then he'll be like 18, and we can just like chill when I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's also like a good lesson to take from it is like not everything means the same to other people as it means to you, right? Because like Ace thought having a kid is like binding forever. And then this woman was like, well, that's your kid. I'll just leave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's. Yeah. Because that that does seem like a through line in uh, mobster movies that you got to pass on the fucking gene line or whatever the family family blood or whatever i just mean like uh some like it just is a good lesson to take for your life like sometimes agreements with people like it doesn't mean the same thing oh yeah yes totally 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 in this case and that's why we're uh stopping our podcast before our contractual obligation. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, we didn't see this the same way you did. <laughs> Dan, I think you should have watched Casino before you signed this, to be honest with you. I think we all should have watched Casino before we signed. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I, I really liked uh I really liked all that relationship stuff. I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Um, I also really like that this movie brought back a, a, an old theme of our podcast of uh, the hot girl who is bad and has a mullet. Oh, that's true. She does get a mullet. The classic through line. Once yeah, yeah, she yeah. fucking really breaks bad, it's mullet time, baby. Yeah, once you go mullet, you start being a... Oh, what about... The... Once you go mullet, you start going gullet. Because you're blowing guys. (laughs) (laughs) Goes down your gullet. Oh, that's That's, gross. That's the best I could do right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm just saying it was gross. Off the top of my head, dude. Um, uh, You know what was fantastic about this movie in uh, comparison to Goodfellas? Um, A lot of people, when they talk about Goodfellas, they talk about how good the intro scene of it was. Yes, I, I've been in an argument with someone about this before because I was telling them that I like Casino more than Goodfellas and they were like, yeah, but like Goodfellas, it grabs your attention like in the first scene. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean by that? In Casino, the first scene is a car bombing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Wait, so what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say <laughs> the reason why that uh, whole sequence is remembered so fondly, at least I think, is uh, because the pacing of it is just fucking fire. Like, it's so t- it's as tight as you could possibly uh, pace something uh, without uh, compromising any story or, you know, any action or shit like that. Uh, it's literally just like, since for as long as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And then just shit happens. Cut shit happens. Cut shit happens. It's tight. He's explaining it. He's uh, um, fucking Ray Liotta is explaining everything, giving you backstory on all this fucking tight shit that's happening. Um, Goodfellas is just that. It's that format of a movie until like an hour and a half into it. And then you you get a little bit of breathing room in the scenes. Yeah. But up to that point, it's literally just fucking Robert De Niro breaking down the fucking casino, you know, crime industry. Yeah. And being like, 
This is the casino. This is all the guys. This is how the money gets made. This is how we uh, detect cheaters. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. This is Joe Pesci. This is how Joe Pesci makes money. This is that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And it's just fucking tight, fast, awesome. The entire, like literally for an hour and a half into it, and then it b- opens up a little bit, and you get some more plot shit going. But, yeah, uh, and that's different than Goodfellas How. Just Goodfellas only did that for like the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. then it kind of opened up into a more you know character epic, which is you know I I love Goodfellas, but goddamn Casino is like a much better paced movie, I would say. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's also it just feels like cooler. Like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the set design because the fucking costumes and the the just Vegas as the backdrop are beautiful in this. Yeah, Vegas, the, man, the fucking. But I just I love being in the world of the movie Casino. I hear you. Yeah, before we did the podcast, you talked a lot about like the colors and shit that they used in this movie. Yeah, man, like Ace's suits, just every suit oh, in this movie, awesome is like it's great and. Everything just looks really good. Like I, there's nothing that looks bad in this movie. I don't think. No, it's like so hyper stylized, and they did such a good job. I love that they shot in a real casino. It never looks drab or like no, it's never. never lit bad. Like I remember, Goodfellas has a lot of scenes that are very dark. Yeah, well, yeah, and and you know, Goodfellas, it's still shot really well, but it just like takes place in a much less flashy area. It's in like the fucking city in Brooklyn or whatever. Yeah, I, um, I just think uh, the glitz and glam of Vegas is like a lot. It's a I like it as a setting for a mob movie more than New York, even though it's you know less accurate or whatever. I mean, it, it's still accurate though. Like this movie was based on a true story. Yeah, I don't know how you know how many liberties they took. I didn't look into that too much because it was based on a true story, and that's all I need to know. I want to yeah, believe that a man a named looking Ace, into it podcast. Yeah, no, this is a how do you feel discussion kind of podcast. podcast. Feelings over facts, baby. Yeah, that's all I care about. You watch a movie; it's all about how you feel. Then my feelings don't care about your facts. <laughs> you can just say that. That's so funny. Has anyone realized you can just say that? You can saying just reverse the it? opposite way, and then it like invalidates what they were saying before. I mean, yeah. I think I just found a way to defeat the right, brother. Time to go on Tucker Carlson. Time to go on the left version of Parlor that none of our listeners know about because they're not woke enough yet. Only me and you know about it. What would that be? What would we do on there even? What do you mean? What, what would, would we, we talk about? We uh, Instead of posting, you look like an algorithm generates posts, and then all the users just uh, just like report those posts. Oh, I see. And yeah. the, one, the ones with that get reported the most, those are... Well, that's whoever, what you see? No, it's whoever reports the most posts gets followers. I see. But it doesn't mean anything because you can't post. Yeah, and nobody generates any posts. It's yeah, all yeah. just like an algorithm that spits shit out at you. It's like a countdown website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with posts. And it's just like they shuffle through like different inflammatory headlines. Like one of them is just like <laughs> the N-word question mark. Report or do you like that? What do you think? We're Lips? just, you know, we're, uh, we're I'm just spitting. I'm just spitballing here. We're just uh, weighing. What do you think? We're weighing it out. Testing the public opinion. Consider it. Consider this a poll. <laughs> um. Another thing I liked about this movie was uh, how they uh, the twin narrators, how Ace and Joe Pesci, or I guess yeah, I De Niro and cool Pesci too. both narrated it. But I, you know, what I wish happened is they started like getting into an argument over 
like over the narration track like while the movie played yeah and it's like (laughs) it's them trying to solve this ginger issue still yeah me too i think that that that's what we need that would (laughs) yes dueling narrators yeah dueling narrators uh i also just liked how he did everything in character too like man there was one line in this movie that just made me laugh so goddamn hard where he was like yeah i hired a couple of sand beep you know Arabs. (laughs) (laughs) Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so fun. I love a guy who knows the term Arabs, but still. Yeah. He's like, I got a, I got a much snappier way I like to describe that culture. And then like. It's with the N word. But that's a man with commitment issues, right? Because he says the slur version and then he's like, you know what I mean by that, don't well, you? Yeah. I, I like, I just like guys like that who like go out of their way to be pointlessly racist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like he's not saying that in anger or in hate or even because that's how you think of it yeah exactly he's not because it's fun for him to say yeah yeah he's not trying to get on your level he's trying to get you up to his level which is being pointlessly racist and i gotta say if you have to be racist if you feel it in your bones that you need to do it pointlessly just get it out there yeah there shouldn't be a goal that's how like that 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 makes it easier for me there shouldn't be an end game. There should not be a plan involved. Just go out there and be racist. Just be racist for the love of the game. Otherwise, what are you being racist? I don't want racism to be about hate. Yeah, and you bigotry. don't have to bring politics into <laughs> racism <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you can just be racist, bro. It doesn't have to be about anything. Yeah, you, uh, don't, <laughs> you don't have to be racist and storming the Capitol. You can just tweet stuff. <laughs> Oh, man. No, but, you know, racism's bad. This yeah. is a leftist podcast. Yeah, it's really bad. And uh, I also <laughs> I also liked uh, <laughs> I also liked how much he kept bringing up Ace's ethnicity in this. Like, yeah. it seemed like because that's like a very uh, Italian mob thing is that like, you know, they fucking really only see Italian mobsters as like, OK, there's Italian mobsters and then there's everybody else. Yeah. And uh, I, I felt like the I liked that Joe Pesci was bringing that kind of like, you know, just fucking discriminatory energy into into the casino, a place where he's the only Italian mobster now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the exception of his friends that he brought with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else is just like multicultural. And he's just like, oh, always bringing up people's ethnicities. And he's like, bro, you're the only Italian guy here right now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. always like there was that part where he was like consoling Ace and he's like for uh, like consoling Ace about his failing relationship. He's like the first night I saw you guys together. Uh, you never or you never looked happier. I know. Oh, no, he was consoling Ace's girlfriend. And he's like, first night I saw you guys together, he never looked happier. I know he's a crazy Jew fucking everything. Which, (laughs) (laughs) just peppering that in there. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I know he's a waste of skin vermin piece of shit, but the man deserves some happiness. He's no fucking Italian, but uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, I I like that. It seems... That that's like a through line of being in the mafia. Like if you if there's a guy who's Jewish, like you gotta let you gotta bring know. it up a lot. You gotta let him know. You can't let that fly under the radar. No, no, no. That, and like that's the other thing too is I had to look up the character's name and or Robert De Niro's character's name in this movie to double check that he was Jewish because like well they nothing about him makes me think that he's Jewish apart from how often they're calling him a Jew in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Jewish has always been a hard one to, you know, point out in a crowd. 
You, well, yeah. You kind of got to know the guy's last you name. You got to know what's good. And, and like <laughs> a little bit about their family and like. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why that racism, that's brand of racism is different, right? Because you have to like know their family. Like you have to be on pretty good terms before you start calling. Exactly. I got to I got to know your mom before I. <laughs> yeah. Before I bring that into play. <laughs> um, yeah. You can tell that's sort of like a best friend racism kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, you know, and they grew up together, so I guess that adds up. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. If I never want to be in a position where my girlfriend or wife is going to you for advice about our relationship, you don't want to be in that position. No, I don't want to be in that position. Why would you not want to be in that position? It's just a bad. I'm position your consigliere. <laughs> Do you not trust me? Look, I know we're twin consigliere's, but <laughs> co-consigliere's. <laughs> <Co-cons- laughs> <laughs> But so was Joe Pesci, man. Yeah, that's true. So was Joe Pesci. And you you think that he has his back, but he doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, it would depend on how... uh, I don't know. Can I... Whatever. It would depend on how hot your wife was. See, and I respect that. And you have to assume that she's going to be a 10. Yeah. Because it's my wife we're talking about. Well, I mean... My future wife we're talking about. (laughs) I was assuming that he would be about an 8. But um, (laughs) I think that if your wife came over and was, like, crying and was like, oh, I just need a different man, I don't know if I'd be able to resist that as much as I cherish our friendship. It'd be sick if you just started pitching her other options that weren't you but still other guys we knew. You should fuck Kian's friend Sean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You heard of JM? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that is what I... Well, like... I would try my best, you know what I mean? And I think that's what friendship is. Yeah. Just trying to not fuck the other guy's wife? Yeah. I would do my damnedest to not fuck (laughs) your wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is really all you can do. Because I've been in that Joe Pesci situation. I've had uh, guys' girlfriends complain to me about stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, hold it down. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Do not connect this conversation. Keep those dots as far apart as possible. Don't agree. No lines in between these motherfucking dots right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's just how you know it's on the ropes. Like if that ever, if you ever, if that ever happens and you know, even nothing comes of it, it's just like, end it. Fuck it. You're done. Yeah, I mean, what I would want to do is just be like, okay, bolt in the night. Like, I think that's the best advice your friend could give your wife uh, if she was, like, done with the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it was my wife. That's what I would here's want what you I to would, tell my wife. Here's what I would want you to do is your my wife comes to this you. This is like we're making our upset. wills right now. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is. Yeah, we're preserving our friendship in the future when we have some women in play. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, I shouldn't have phrased it like that. I don't like that I <laughs> said women in play. <laughs> once we wrangle once, ourselves some bras. Once our wives are involved, um, here's what I want you to do. Mm. That same piece of advice, be like disappear in the night, but you don't say it to her. To her, you say, hey, I have to make a, co- a phone call. <laughs> then you call me and you're like, hey, listen, you got to disappear into the night. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she's about to break up with you, so you got to break up with her first. That thing we talked about is about to happen. You got to go. Yeah, dude. We should act like it's <laughs> junior high forever. Oh, yeah, man. Life is junior. People are always like, hey, man, real life is just like high school. Uh-uh. It's it's junior high. Yeah, you got to break up with her before she breaks up with you and or else no one will respect you anymore. And you can't say you're breaking up. You have to just show up to school with a new girlfriend. That is not how it worked 
was that's your junior high that it. cold? My, I was. I was ice. I was an ice queen in junior high, bro. Yeah, they called you Ice Ace. <laughs> ice Ace. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, <laughs> that was just because I loved Ice Age. Didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad plan. That's how we should handle that. If my wife ever comes to you and tells you that she's thinking of leaving me, I would want you to fuck her. Yeah. Well, I don't like how I said that either. <laughs> Let me rephrase. If my wife ever comes to you and tells you that she's like, we're having problems and she needs to leave, I would want you guys to get married. I think you're the perfect. Um, I think if she's not happy with me, she's going to love you. Yeah, if they're if. Yeah, I mean, that's you're a the good perfect th- uh, analogous it, uh, uh, boyfriend. Yeah, if someone's today. not happy with me, but they still like some of what I bring to the table, I think <laughs> you would be a great alternative. <laughs> if you're like, I like Kian, but I wish he had a car. I'd be like, I know a perfect guy. <laughs> you're like, I like Brad, but I wish he was secure with himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish he had several roommates. Do you think that's going to happen to us one day, though? Do you think we'll let a? Uh, you think we're gonna let a bitch come between it? A who? That's what we call them. <laughs> Don't even act like that's not what we call them all the time. <laughs> off air, off the air. <laughs> Me and Brad hate women. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Based on every movie we've watched on this show, I can only assume that it's inevitable that a woman's gonna come between us at one point or another. Hmm. I've never had a woman come between me and a friend. Have you? No, I've there's there's been times where uh, like uh, guys will show up or like my friends will show up with a new girlfriend. I'll be like, damn, I wish she was my new girlfriend. And then like <laughs> it just ends there. And then I just like get to know her and it's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what happens when I see a girl. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. But so, like the cl- like I've had me and my friends like the same girl before, but like it always just they it would just work out for them. Yeah. Yeah, it would like it was like I didn't even have to like we didn't even have to let it come between us because we already kind of knew who would win in the end. It would always work out for me in the end. That's good. I don't know. There's been times where shit like that's happened and I kind of had to make peace with it. Yeah, I was like really upset. I think I might have told this on the show before, but I was really upset that like a friend of mine had hooked up with a girl that I liked uh, like while we weren't we had kind of like taken a break and then they hooked up. And which is like fine looking back on it. I was like really upset at the time though. And what calmed me down was I told my roommate Mark about it and his advice was he was just like these hoes they for everybody. Is that your bitch? Oops. I'm sorry. And then he walked away. Words to live by. He just quoted E40 at me and then I felt better. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we get I hope a woman comes between us and I hope the listeners can tell. Like I hope we have to like contractually f- still do the podcast but we're not friends anymore. Here is my dream for this podcast. Is at one point it can be years from now. I one of us has to sit down with the other guy and explain what happened to the listeners. That's what I want. Being like you may have noticed that Keen or Brad is not here. Oh, we should have a breakup like call her daddy. Like, is oh, that is what that you're what talking I, about? I, was, I had a reply all in mind where they got in trouble for doing racism and had to cut everybody from their staff. Well, that's going to happen to us eventually, too. It won't. That's impossible to happen to us. I don't know. You did just say sand. I beeped myself. I self-censored. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, my dream for this podcast is, like, 
around episode like 400 you can just sort of tell that the dynamic isn't the same anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> and then like uh we just sort of like start um posting like you know those like um we start like subtweeting each other all the time but we have like no followers still <laughs> so it's just like only us are following the other guy yeah 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 and we're just seeing each other's subtweets and the other one gets more pissed and he makes a sub and then it just sort of spirals that's what i yeah Either way, I think this podcast has to end in some sort of public breakup. Some sort of duel. You know what we should do is uh, that, let a woman come between us, and then end it with an on-the-air gun duel. Because we got a lot, we got long cords. We could do six yeah, paces. Yeah, wh- wh- why, why did we even buy 50 feet of cable if we're not going to use it? <laughs> if we're not going to stand 50 feet apart and <laughs> yeah. fire revolvers at each other. <laughs> yeah, we should do that with all the fireworks we bought and never used. Just fucking shoot Roman candles at the other guy until someone dies. We could do that. It's not a bad idea. There's too many fireworks happening right now. Yeah? Yeah, I heard like... Well, it's 4th of July, or it was. It's that week. Yeah. I don't know. I just heard, like, last night there was probably, like, 15 fireworks that went off, like, right outside my window. Damn. Then I went outside, and this lady was screaming, and the ambulance was there, but that was because of something else, I assumed. Should have set some other shit off. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that. Like, on Canada Day, we should have just fucking let well, some fucking crackers go. We couldn't have done it on Canada Day because this is a woke podcast. Yeah, man, I, I went for a walk that on Canada, like just around my neighborhood, yeah. and I saw the fireworks in the distance, and I was like, fuck, I'm not <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> yeah, my sister was like, she told me that she wasn't going to the celebration, and I was like, yeah, me either. And then the next day I saw her, and she was like, yeah, we sort of like ended up around that area and we like accidentally watched the fireworks but like we did not celebrate canada <laughs> i want to make one thing clear that's such a funny thing like yes i went to the fireworks yes i put i took time out of my day yes i watched them to the end yeah. no i did not celebrate canada day yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such an easy <laughs> loophole You're like, yeah it was there but i was sad <laughs> i had a bad time <laughs> i wasn't impressed by the fireworks <laughs> That was so funny, too. I talked to some people, like, just coming into work there. Like, people were asking me if I saw the fireworks. I was talking to people about it. One lady was like, yeah, those were the best fireworks that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I love that, that like, they saved that yeah. firework. And I saw them, too, honestly. Really good fireworks. Loved that they saved those for when we found all the fucking genocided kids. Yeah, that's evil. I mean, listen, I'm a... I stand on principles. I'm not doing a bit right now. I actually didn't watch the fireworks because I thought that was like the very least I could do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's so funny to me to be a grown up and impressed by fireworks. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> like you look at these fucking things and you're like, wow. <laughs> They're like stars. <laughs> like, grow the fuck up, loser. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> Even if we didn't just find the product of a, a hundred years long genocide, it's still just like be an adult. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, Chill, dude. It's, it's, a fucking, it's just gunpowder. You've seen them before. Yeah, like. That's the funniest thing. Like, the older I get, I thought people would get less and less excited each time, but they stay the same amount of excited I know. for fireworks. Like, who are these people? And, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I'd get that excited for fireworks, too, and then I'd go see them, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, 
when I was a kid, it wasn't fun to watch the firework part. What was fun was watching my uncle being drunk, running around in a hoodie and cargo shorts, lighting all the fireworks. Yeah, that's I, what I liked because we didn't go to like the this town firework display. Yeah, we would go to the grandparents' house, and then the uncle would get hammered off rye. And he would do his own fireworks display. And almost every year, one of them would fall out of the cement to like block he was storing it in and spray the wrong way. Love that. And that was the best part. That's that's what this is all about. And also on the day after uh, Canada, or I guess Fourth of July in this particular case, I saw a couple people post on Reddit being like, "Whoop, blew up my hand," and it's just like a horrible <laughs> fucking gore picture. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of shit rocks. But the actual fireworks is just like, yeah, it's some lights. I've seen lights before. Yeah, I don't fucking care. Make a drawing, dude. Like. That's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, just invent something. I also love how earlier in this podcast you were like, oh, the lights in Casino are so, they're so, I can't look away. They're so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're just, oh, they're those fucking lights. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. But let me explain my rationale. I'm a city guy. Like, I don't like the sky. Whatever happens in the sky, that's not my business. But I like going to cities and seeing energy energy happen in cities like fireworks doesn't make me feel like um fireworks doesn't make me feel like energetic or fired up but like (laughs) city lights do and i don't know if that makes sense and i don't care if it does i kind of get you it's the empire state of mind it is the yeah (laughs) who gonna run this town tonight (laughs) who gone we gonna run this town (laughs) that's true we we gone that's not even from that song i yeah i didn't know i was really confused when he threw that at me it's from the same album Okay. Blueprint, Blueprint 3. I don't listen to a lot of Jay-Z. Blueprint 3 was underrated, man. Yeah. A lot of people shit on Blueprint 3. I don't I don't agree. New York. Yeah. Let's York. So, Brad, do you think people in New York play that song and they're like, fucking hell yeah. Yeah. They're like, let's hear it for it. Yeah, I'd like to imagine a guy from New York who only <laughs> listens to songs about being from New York. <laughs> it's like there's like this one uh uh road comic in town and like I've been on the road with him a bunch of times. He only like the only songs he plays in the car are songs about being on the road. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Like <laughs> only and like I I don't think I've worked with this man. You have worked with him. Uh <laughs> okay now i know who it and is. like yeah i paused it and spilled the beans but like it, 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 and i only figured that out because there was like this one song by an artist gregory Allen isakov i'm a big fan of him mm-hmm. and uh the, uh the guy played it and i'm like oh do you listen to his other music and he's like Mm-mm. only the shit that's about going from here to there yeah <laughs> he's like i don't <laughs> discover music somebody texts <laughs> yeah. me when they hear a song that's about being on the road yeah exactly and i add it to my playlist and then i have a 10-hour playlist i have a playlist that is as long as it takes me to drive coast to coast in canada i love the idea of being like i don't have a specific genre of music that i like <laughs> yeah i have a specific subject matter well it's like how like i was saying this to the other day to somebody like i don't really li- care about genres so much like i listen to literally everything it's more about like moods of songs that i focus yeah. on and like that's how i organize my shit but it's, subject matter is amazing because like the only subject matter that i listen to is like hmm do i feel like listening to juicy j right now and everything that entails or do i feel like listening to something else yeah. and that's 
It's like Juicy J or Mac DeMarco. Yeah, those are my vibes. Yeah. And for this guy, it's just like road. It's yeah. just like traveling. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like songs about having a suitcase. Is there any songs where a guy says it's a living, but it ain't no life? <laughs> because goddamn, would that ever fucking horn me up? <laughs> um, yeah, let's get back to the movie. Yeah, let's get back to this. So but also, fuck Canada Today and the government and the church and uh, yeah, straight up. Basically, could... if you wear a robe or a suit for your job, you can die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get the Pope in a room with me, is all I'm going to say. I would love to get the Pope in a room. I can't even tell you how much I would love to have the Pope and me just locked in a confession box. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he would probably win. Mm, not against me. Uh, you know what I really liked about this movie? What? Actually, you know what I didn't like? I, let me ask you a question, Brad. Was Nikki Santoro a fake friend? You're going to have to remind me who Nicky Santoro was. Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was he a fake friend? Now, that's a tough question to ask because he was... You know what? I will say this. He was... I think he wasn't a fake friend for 90% of this movie, but the problem with being a fake friend is you only have to do it once you until you're a fake once. friend forever because he was holding it down for the whole movie, but then he didn't tell... Sam, when Ginger came over the first time, and if you would have just told him, I, I think everything could have worked itself out or been worked out. I agree. And honestly, I, I I think that he was a bad friend for a lot of this movie. Do you? Because there there was that part, like, to me, the, the first domino that kind of started this fall. And you could, you could say that it's like, you know, the main character's own hubris is self-confidence, as we talked about at the beginning. But, like, really the first thing that kind of... Uh, put everything in motion was um joe pesci's fucking cheating yeah he he got banned from like every casino in vegas and he ended up getting caught or like uh de niro knew that he was cheating at his own casino so yeah. then he like wasn't welcome there and it just like caused so much strain between them and the fact that he wasn't willing to stop yeah that's true it it is a shitty thing to do to like he asked sam for permission to come to vegas off the top and then he came to Vegas and didn't play by Sam's rules at all. Exactly. So it's like, either don't ask or don't tell. Yeah. Well, and then he went. I, <laughs> great. Hell yeah. Nice. Good Iraq <laughs> reference. Thanks, baby. Um, <laughs> Isn't that a prison reference? No, it's a being gay in the army reference. Yeah, it's a policy that George W. Bush That's had. Such a weird policy. Don't ask. Don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the policy of your uncle who's like working on being homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's don't literally what homophobic guys say. Don't go. Bring go, it up. I don't care what you do in your own home. Just keep it away from me. Yeah, keep it away from my kids. It's like, yeah. what did you think we were going to do to your kids? It's like George W. Bush is just the smartest homophobe. He was just the only one with word economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's impressive he was able to enact that policy without having a single slur in that legislation. <laughs> well, it's probably in there. No one it's reads probably in It's probably deep in the fine print. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the fucking citations. It's just yeah. the word, like one of the words. Article 2, subsection B. No fucking, and then it's just like. Yeah, dude, it sucks that we words. can't say those words because that would have been so funny right there. But that would have been pretty good. We just can't do it because we're woke and shit. We're different guys. Yeah, at least when we're recording. Um, when I'm off the air, phew, 
Buckle yeah. up, sister. We call women bitches. On our premium podcast? <laughs> on, on the Patreon? <laughs> yeah, the Patreon that we do have and all the people listening should look for. Yeah, and that we have a lot of subscribers to. But I do think, yeah, he shouldn't. He either shouldn't have asked him to come to Vegas or he should have uh, played by Sam's rules, especially because Sam is like helping him get established in the city like yeah he would have had nothing if sam didn't help him but now i'm thinking too because like when, when they were confronted uh pesci's uh his reasoning behind why he was doing that he was like oh you, you know i gotta earn which yeah. like that's total mob shit as i know from the sopranos you do have to earn so now i ask you this brad was it the mob itself was it mob culture is mob it mentality. all the con- mob mentality was it that mob mentality that hamstrung Joe Pesci and therefore fucked up Ace and therefore crippled the casino. Um, I, I, uh, my opinion on it is that Joe Pesci's using I Gotta Earn as an excuse to make as much money as possible That's true. through any means he can. You're probably right. Um, but I do think that like instilling the you gotta earn mentality in anyone, it sets them up for like, to be ready to uh, do something bad just because it means you put money on a higher pedestal than anything else. Well, yeah. And, and it just kind of gives you that thing like that's so easily justifiable. But, yeah. Well, and that's even like how money is now in the world. Yeah, like, like there's I don't shit think that... it's a mob thing. I think it's like a, even like raising your kid from it being born with the idea in its head that the only thing it's working for through childhood is to get a job. Yeah, yeah. Like that still makes you ready to like cut a guy off for 10 grand. Or oh, whatever. totally. And I mean, like even even fucking let, let's look at being a landlord or some shit like that. Like that, if you break down what that is, it's kind of fucked up. You're lever- leveraging somebody's inherent need for shelter uh, into making money off of them. Yeah, um, because you got to fucking earn because you have to earn. And that's the thing. It's like that's a fucked up thing to do to somebody. But it's like so commonplace in our fucking, you know, in this country and in most countries. Um, I'm trying to avoid saying in a society so much on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like so commonplace. And like it, it, it's looked upon as like, oh, that's fucking very smart of you that you figured out that you can leverage someone's inherent need for uh, shelter and security into money good job having passive income there brother and i mean i I don't want to get all fucking like figurative on the podcast but like that i don't understand why there's so much of a distinction like why people have a hard time seeing like uh criminals and the guys who are in charge as the same type of guy yeah like i just don't get it man it's everything's based on the same exact principles it's just that like the mob like nothing different really i mean i can't yeah. think of really anything different it's all the same the shit it's just spaghetti like than the politics guys no yeah i mean it's but li- even they kill the same amount of like they still love whacking folks and they it's love like literally <laughs> the same shit it's just like differences in business yeah. differences in the shit that they like actually do on a day-to-day it's all like the same overall broad strokes actions, same mentality, same all that. It's just like the specifics are a little different. Yeah, like Hillary Clinton has a burner phone, like a fucking cocaine dealer from Sherwood exactly. Park. Exactly. Like- so does Russell, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad look. <laughs> yeah, like that shit doesn't make any sense. But that's like, uh, yeah, I don't think there's. Can I see that? I don't. Th- yeah. I do think it's wrong to be like a money guy, but I don't think it's more wrong to be a Joe Pesci type of money guy compared to a 
even an ace money guy or like a the gaming commissioner in this movie, that kind of a money guy. Yeah. I think they're all about the same. Well, I think part of the reason why mobsters are so relatable in these type of or at least why people, you know, really fucking look up to these mob movies is because they're realistic about what this shit actually entails. Like I almost have more respect for uh, the Joe Pesci character in this movie than I would for like your traditional fucking CEO or anything, because the Joe Pesci character is at least like being real about what he's doing. Like it's the difference between uh, like killing somebody with your bare hands versus giving the order to fucking nuke an entire nation. Yeah. Like both are reprehensible, but like, I've got more respect for the guy who fucking did it himself. Yeah, I'm going to talk shit to the nuke guy, but the guy who choked a person out with his bare hands, he's cool with me. You know what, man? He can come to my house. Not the call I would have made, but I respect that you went through with that. He can come to my house. He can eat my trail mix if he wants. I'm not going to say a fucking word. I can't. Yeah. He killed somebody with his bare But the (laughs) nuke guy, I think I could strong arm into not using my bathroom. I think I could strong arm the nuke guy into only going pee and not being allowed to poo in my house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> man yeah i don't know i don't get like I, I think the most important thing in life and i'm probably wrong and will change my mind in two weeks because i'm 21 but i think that the most important thing is that you have to know who you are and you have to accept that right and i think that mob enforcers know who they are you can think, hope so. That's man. If I find out that mob enforcers are as insecure as I am, yeah. oh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> well, it's not. I just mean that like Joe Pesci's character in this movie clearly knows that he's a guy who will kill you, and he's accepted that he's that guy. Oh, and and not only that, but also that he's like willing to pay the consequences for that. Like he was trying to intimidate yeah, a bank guy. At a I don't give point. a fuck about jail. That's my job. Exactly. Jail's his business. It's yeah. like okay. Well, then. Let's do whatever you want to do. That, which is like, to me, an inherently more respectable position than like being Joe Biden and you go like hire a bunch of people to bring their kids to the White House so you can kiss them on the forehead while you nuke Syria. Yeah, exactly. Your your cousins there. You're just a more cowardly. Joe Pesci's a better guy than Joe Biden. He's the he's a better Joe, but he's also a better guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Joe Pesci as an actor. I'm talking Joe Pesci's character in this movie. Yeah, but also I'm sure the actor is a better dude than the president. Also, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, man, I would love it if if we're doing celebrity ma- or presidents. Fucking get the scariest guys in the mix. Yeah. Why are we doing Trump? Let's get Christopher Walken. Let's get Joe Pesci. Let's get a guy who I think could defend himself against me. Let's get this really strong guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's get uh, Vin Diesel. Let's get Groot. Let's get the really strong guy from Fast and Furious. Yeah. Dwayne the Rock, Vin Diesel. Dwayne, let's get both. Co- I don't want a vice president. I want co-presidents. <laughs> I want two fellas. Equals. Yeah. Calling shots. Co-consiglieres. Oh, yeah. Both jacked out of their minds. So, um, yeah, what are, the, what are some other uh, fucking lessons or like uh, themes of this movie smoking cigarettes was a major theme of this movie really made me want to try it it was a theme or it just happened a lot in the movie i'd call it a theme much like how dinosaurs is a theme of jurassic park i would say cigarettes is a theme (laughs) of casino i would also say casinos are (laughs) because another good job brad another another get another theme a classic theme (laughs) um Weird yeah, t- it's weird to me how in Vegas movies people smoke the cigarettes with the like extendo clip on it. I like it. I think I, I got to start doing that. I don't get it. 
But it only happens in Vegas in these movies. Well, it only happens with, I think it's only with, like, guys who have money to, like, because you, you know how now, like. You're, you're like, you're, listen, you're, I want to smoke $20 a day, but also I want to spend, like, three more dollars. Well, yeah, that's exactly it, because you and I were so focused on, like, okay, I have $20, how do I smoke as much of this as I can? <laughs> but then they're like, oh, I've got $100, I only need to smoke $50, uh, what am I going to do now? Let me get some accessories. Let me get a little stick to add into the, because, like, that's rhinestones our, on your Zippo? Yeah, hey, spoiler alert, next fucking week we have, uh a guest on the podcast local comic nick mcquick also to talk about his business he's an old man who just started smoking who just started smoking weed yeah i was talking to him the other day that's another guy who's got like more money than he needs to be doing drugs yeah he just fucking bought a little clip he, he he's got a little hunter s thompson thing going on i think Does it's he? just an old guy thing like when you have money and you're into drugs fucking Doll it up a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. Fucking get a little jazz and that's pizzazz like a, in there. Yeah, that's like how my grandpa has like a cart with all the scotch on it instead of putting it in a cupboard. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just leaving it all on the floor of your bedroom. <laughs> it's like you don't need that, dude. Exactly. Like, you're bro. gonna finish the bottle. You don't even need the cart. What's at the all. cart for? I know you're gonna drink it all standing right there. <laughs> Why do you have a cart? <laughs> <laughs> you just want something to push around. Yeah, seriously, you just have money to spend. It's like when I have like a decent amount of money in my bank account i'm like let's fucking buy a bong let's do it also that's another thing i have a hard time with in this movie is like the concept of getting <laughs> more money yeah because like what well, it, it kind of goes back to the joe pesci gotta earn mentality but yeah. you, you you saw like the stacks of money he was pulling back how do you hold that in your hand and you're like i would like more because me personally yeah. i've got about a thousand dollars right now and i'm like i'm done I mean, anytime I hold any amount of money in my hand, I don't think, oh, I should get more of this. I think, oh, I should get rid of this. Yeah, exactly. We, we got paid for a comedy show. What did we do? We went out and bought new outfits. I Same mean, yeah. day. Well, we sent all the comedians a bit of money. We paid everybody and then we <laughs> bought us funny shirts. Yeah. Don't act like we're worse guys than we are. Hey, I'm just trying to not talk about how good of a guy I am. <laughs> That's... That's it, man. <laughs> I like to keep that under wraps. All right, fine. We didn't pay any of the comedians. I like that. I really, I really liked that one time people were talking about how mean I was to them, and I cornered them, and they couldn't name a single mean thing I did. <laughs> it was just very helpful. Nobody actually. says nobody said you were mean to them, and nobody says that. They say <laughs> you are an evil person. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> well, I took it. That's how I took it. <laughs> 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 oh man but i don't know uh, what's your take on if like on joe pesci's uh is it the mob mentality that brings him down like what do you think is can we pin the downfall to one specific thing i think it's mob mentality i think it's a combination of mob mentality and i think it's a combination of thinking you're untouchable because we kind of have this or at least i kind of have this in comedy like you've a couple you have a few too many good sets in a row and you just like feel a little too confident yeah. You kind of catch yourself being a bit of a maniac sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that almost co- I had to catch myself this morning being like I think I am thinking I, I think I'm thinking a little too highly of myself. Yeah, I mean you catch me doing that all the time. We catch well, each other where doing. Where I'm it. like in the car being like how fucking dare that loser say that one thing to me that yeah. didn't he didn't mean as an insult. I'm going to kill him. And then you're like Brad, you're not going to kill him. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like the same thing. We're just lucky that we haven't both been in that headspace at the same time together. Yeah. But I mean like that that's what this movie is about is two dudes being in that same headspace together at the same time 
They didn't. Uh, I guess the main lesson of this movie is like keep your friends in check. Keep your friends in check, man, and like also keep yourself in check because they both thought uh, De Niro and Pesci both thought they were untouchable for the same reasons because uh, De Niro thought he was untouchable because he had Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci thought he was untouchable because he had De Niro. Mm-hmm. But what really they needed each other. Together yeah. they were untouchable. They weren't separately untouchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together they weren't, and they forgot about that. That's true. So I think it's I think it's a it's all about power going to your head and thinking that you're like more hot shit than you're not. I'm not saying you're not hot shit, but like you got to fucking realize not everybody perceives you like that. There's always going to be hotter shit out there. That's the lesson of the movie. No matter how hot of a shit you are, there's always someone who's hotter. Shit. And in this case, it was the county commissioner. Yeah, but also, like, all the bosses, too. Yeah, all the bosses also. But, like, the mob bosses kind of didn't really play a huge role in this movie, apart from the end where they kind of... Well, I'm assuming they're the ones who got them whacked, right? Yeah, they were the ones who got them whacked. They were also the ones who got the casino set up. They were getting their uh, bundles of cash run out to them through this whole movie. So they were definitely involved in it, but, like, yeah. They were kind of... They were just kind of there. They were the shareholders. Yeah, but I just mean they were hotter shit than... They were hotter shit. But I would, like... I, I think it was uh, like the Vegas politicians. Like it, to me, at least, it was the, the biggest downfall on um, De Niro's behalf was when he wasn't able to get the license, or at least when he was getting too confident in himself and said that he was the boss of the club. Yeah, and then s- wasn't able to get the uh, uh, you know certifications or whatever to back that up. It's kind of like they forgot that they were playing a game and like started thinking they were the guys in exactly. charge of the game. They were winning too much, and they forgot they could lose also oh fuck dude is that what happens to gamblers at casinos oh bro son of a bitch we might have just had a good yo a hey good take. hey baby whoa we woo we woo we woo this they is tied the dumb together we have ideas yeah because that's what this whole shit's about it's about how the house always wins i mean like they talk about that through the whole movie de niro specifically like when he, he talks they about like they that. were the house but it turns out fucking vegas, vegas is, is the, the house, house baby suck my nuts italy there's always another house and they're always gonna win yeah every house is just a small house inside a big house yeah what if we say a good point and then we keep hammering it until it stops making I sense? I mean, that's what this podcast <laughs> is about. So there's two houses, right? <laughs> one of them is really little, but when you're in it, you think it's big. And the guy who lives in the little one, his name is Joe Pussy. <laughs> Joe Pussy would also be a good name for Joe Biden. Yeah, ex- yeah. <laughs> Joe Pussy. <laughs> that's as far as I'd like to go on that one. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I just wrote down Joe Pesci as an icon to men below six feet everywhere. It's kind of insane to me how many movies are Icarus. <laughs> yeah. Like, this I mean, one is Icarus, too. That's like what every mob movie is about, though. Like, they all kind of follow the same basic plot line of, uh, you know, we're on the come up. Everything's amazing. Uh-oh, we're on the ropes. Oh, no, we've learned a lesson, but it's too late. Yeah, I guess it wasn't really in this movie. Like Robert De Niro settled down and had a nice little happy ending for him. That's kind of unusual in this type of. That's true. This type of scenario. He made it out of the life, which is nice for him. I like that. Um, I guess he ended up being untouchable, kind of. Then he was kind of because I mean, like he he, at least in terms of the mob, like he really didn't fuck anybody. He was always just kind of like he wasn't a mobster. He wasn't a made man, but he was like. 
Yeah. They're golden goose. That's true. I mean, they, they, they didn't want to fuck with and they didn't need to fuck with him. The only guy who was fucking with him was Joe Pesci, who tried to take a hit out of him out of turn. He didn't get clearance for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I had something else. But I forgot it. I don't know, man. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think people got to watch their fucking hubrises, especially when you start making, like, a decent amount of money. Yeah, that's the... Yeah, well, it seems to me that in all crime movies and also all, like, news stories that I have read about criminals, the way that you get caught is you start making too much money, and then some guy's like, oh, this guy shouldn't have that much money. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened with Al Capone. Got caught by the IRS. Yeah. So I think that what you have to do is realize your worth and then only take that salary. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to stop climbing to the top, dude. Just stop where you feel like stopping. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's exactly what we were saying earlier, because if they just fucking chilled, if that's the other thing, too, is the fucking casino is raking in so much money all the time. I didn't get why Joe Pesci had to earn. Well, he was earning by letting the casino run, but. Yeah, we got to stop teaching. It's all like, about modesty. I think it's because everybody like grows up with the, an idea in their head that they're like they have to be like the special one who does something no one's ever done yeah. before. And it's like you don't. You can just be a guy. Yeah, you can just be a guy. You'll probably get more out of life if you just make peace with being a guy. Yeah, you were born to just be a guy. Like we all think that we were born to be the next fucking like billionaire CEO, but we were all literally just born to be a guy. Yeah, it's like no, those are all dumbass constructs that over, you know, hundreds of years we've put into place. That's not biologically what we're made for. We're made to chill. Yeah. We're made to make some friends, you know, maybe maybe meet a lady. Yeah. Try and track down some food every once in a while. Yeah. Hang out in the forest. It's yeah. Like it's we're not, not built to fucking get billions and fucking get to the top of uh, hierarchical structures. Yeah. I think the recipe for happiness is a lot simpler than we all like uh, are taught it is. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like people are like, oh, you, you know, money's not the root of anything. And then you find out like, oh, you actually it, it, it is kind of important to have that to a degree. And then you can kind of just like let that really. It's like what we were saying before. Society almost kind of gives you a license to write everything else that's important off in your life. You know, being nice to people, chasing your fucking shit that matters to you. Uh, Just to pursue money. Like, just that pursuit alone is seen as so honorable. I mean, maybe not even honorable, but, like, respectable, I guess? Valid, even? Money guys get too much respect compared to, like, every other type of guy. Totally, totally. I mean, like, I know guys who uh, worked at fucking... I, I had this cousin... Uh, he worked at uh, Mech his whole life. Yeah. That was just what he he worked at Mech, and he would fuck it. It's like a, for people who don't know, people who aren't in the know, it's uh, just like a mountain climbing store. And he would just work there and then get discounts on mountain climbing shit and then go climb mountains. He did that like, that was how he spent his entire fucking life. He didn't make a ton of money, but every fucking day he was doing shit that he enjoyed. He lived his life to the absolute fullest. Yeah. And like people, at least, you know, I, I knew people who would kind of shit on that, uh, dudes like that. Just because they weren't making, you know, six figures or whatever. And it's like, it's like what we were talking about in fucking uh, Wall Street. It's like, that's cool that you have all that money, but you're still waking up at fucking 6 a.m. every day and working until fucking 10 p.m. at night. Like, you don't have time to spend it. You don't have time to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, the point of the point of money is to get like stuff you want, which is, you know, that's fine. 
but you have to remember that like you know you don't have to want everything in the world like you don't, you don't have, have to you don't need enough money to buy everything you need enough money for what you want i always just looked at money as time it's like time that i can just be alive and i can cover my rent and buy my food and i can just do the yeah. shit that i want to do because I, I think that we're pretty lucky in that we found shit that doesn't, like, I don't need to be making money to be perfectly fulfilled and happy. I just need to be making money to make sure that I can do all the shit that makes me fulfilled and happy. That's the thing. And, like, I'm happier at a way lower bar than, like, I think a lot of people would be. But that's fine, you know? Like, it's fine. Whatever your bar for how much of a, like fancy guy life you need is i don't care but it's like what i want is you to not go over that exactly because that's when things start getting a little fucked that's when you start having to fly out to private islands and touch somebody just to feel something precisely well and it's also like i i feel like it's a it's almost like a symptom of like people not ever finding shit that they like yeah you know like yeah people are too worried about getting a head start in the economy like thing that they for they don't even like stop and think what they want totally dude i've got a i've got a friend right now and it's like uh one of my best friends he 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 works seven days a week he's got two jobs he works seven days a week i was like well what like what if you just like didn't have one of your jobs and you just worked five days a week and then had like some time to yourself he's like i don't even what i I just watch videos like what would i do i'm like (laughs) Yeah, man, like, that's how it starts, and then, like, you'll figure out some other things you like to do, and then you'll have other shit that's fulfilling and nice in your life. Yeah, it's and like, it, I don't it, even get what people mean when they say that. Like, what would you do? Anything. I don't know, world. man. What do you want to do? Anything That. You like, Anything. <laughs> do you want to read a book? You can do that. You, you, I know you like going for runs. You could try that out, but people, it's... Yeah, people act like there's, like, a rule book of, like, shit you can do. It's like, you can do... You can do whatever you want, man. Go outside, find a stranger, make up a lie, say it to them. It's fun. We did that for years. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Do whatever. Yeah, man. People, uh, it, it's, I just feel like money is like the only, or like the pursuit of money is like the only thing that, um, you know, people can ascribe meaning to and see as honorable. Yeah. And also like, but like across the board. people think that's like, it's honorable because you're taking care of your family. Exactly. But it's like. I don't think anyone with a dad who was never at home because he was out chasing a bag all the time. I don't think any person whose dad was like that thanks their dad for being No, like yeah, that. to a degree it's incredibly selfish because you're really only doing that to pad your ego or whatever and really you're not even doing that because you're trying to fill up a hole that's missing that's uh, you would be able to fill if you just had, you know, fucking free time to pursue your own shit and you know have relationships with people. Uh, that you care about and do shit that's fun in your regular life, you know? If you're just fucking focused on earning, your fucking shit's empty. And it sucks that we just, like, write that off as a pass, you know? I wish I wish yeah. we were able to look at business guys and be like, oh, man, that's, that's so sad. I mean, the same way that we would look at a retail guy who's just, like, doing menial shit so that way they can go fucking, yeah. you know, do shit that matters to them in their off time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think... Um well, I don't. I just, I, yeah, I don't think that, like, having, I don't know. I don't think that chasing money makes you honorable unless it's, like, and, like, the thing I said about parents, like, I don't think anyone is glad their parent did that unless it's, like, they had to do that. Yeah, unless they had to do it, because that's also, a, you know, 
you can fucking grind and work and but make like no money and that's then it's fucked. just doing what you have to do which yeah is that, honorable yeah right? then that, that is honorable but, but it, it has nothing to do with money in that situation no i'm talking about like the you know like the dads in suits or who are you know like you're making six figures but like they yeah. think that they could maybe make seven yeah because like even sam in this movie dude he could have just re- he should have just retired he could have just chilled yeah I mean, he didn't have to do anything crazy. He just, like, got kind of caught up in it. He wanted the power. He wanted the money. He wanted the respect. And it's like you already had the money and the power. You just, like, wanted everybody to know about it. It's just stupid that we, like, respect people who have expensive shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the wrong way to go. But it's also, like, much harder to Because everybody looks up to the guy in the night, you know. When you're a kid, you can't help but look up to the guy with all the fancy shit. I mean, even me, too. There's been times, like, even now when I have this mentality of, like, you know, it's not all about money, it's not all about things, I'll see a guy wearing a fur coat, and I'll be like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean... St- I gotta get that going. Still, like, I haven't talked about it on the podcast recently, but, like, still, every time I see a guy with a Rolex on, I'm like, oh, I should change my philosophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw a guy in a Christian Dior t-shirt the other day. It's like not even that expensive of a shirt. And I was like, I should become a fucking businessman. Yeah, exactly, man. And it's like, you know, it, it looks appealing. But like and then you realize like what that actually entails and that like your whole life just becomes the pursuit of that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, that looks awful. Yeah, and then like uh, you like uh, you start hearing the, like people with a bunch of designer clothes being like, "I only wear every shirt once, and then I throw it out." And it's just like, how does that even sound fun to anyone? Yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, you I've been wearing have, the same clothes since junior high. You just have to go to the mall every day. That sounds, that sounds bad, terrible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being rich comes with way too many chores, and I don't want to do any of them. No, fuck it. Unless I win big on a lottery ticket i'm not i'm never gonna be rich an accountant fuck you yeah unless all my crypto investments work out perfectly yeah forget about being rich everyone can mark my words there will never be a time in my life where i have enough money to need a financial advisor if i get that much money i've failed yeah but i also have like such like the thing too is like i've had such little money my entire life that whenever I have like some money, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I am rich. Like I was telling that to a guy the other day. They they offered to give me weed, and they're like, I know what it's like to be a struggling kid. And I'm like, who the fuck? Is- I have a thousand dollars. What are you talking about struggling? But that's also that's another reason why people want to get rich, though, is like just so they can be like that in real life. Yeah, like, I mean that's I don't nice. Need shit from anybody because I. I have my own shit, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, and that truthfully, that's like the, you can be like that without being rich too. You can, it's just harder. And I really, don't need shit from anybody, but I could use it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like I still don't need it. Yeah. But you, I think you do, you take it to an insane degree where you like, won't tell people that you don't have a mattress and you're just going to like white knuckle sleeping on the floor for months. What's wrong with that? It's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you don't have to do that. I'm yeah. just saying there's a balance between what we're saying. You're like you're like going on the whole other end. I'm like, yeah, being rich is a pointless. You're just like really leaning into, yeah, so I'm going to be super fucking poor. Well, I don't think that's what... I don't think that that's what I'm doing, but maybe it is. But you are right about the not telling anyone I didn't have a mattress thing. Um, 
Or the jacket thing, too. You lost your winter jacket in the middle of the fucking oh, yeah. minus 40, and I had to... I didn't even ask. I just, like, <laughs> gave you another one because I knew you wouldn't accept it otherwise. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just no, saying... you're right. I'm talking about my ass. I'm just saying, you know... There, yeah, there's right. a there's a middle ground that you have to walk, and you shouldn't have to walk it. It's just like as a result of. Uh, but that the way goes the back to the works. original point. It's like if you feel that like you don't want to be a guy who needs shit from people, then just get enough money. Exactly. Like, you don't have to keep. Exactly. You don't have to keep going. It's like Charles's bodybuilding joke. You know, like when you're done building, just stop building. Yeah. You don't have to keep building. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> like what, what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, you're just yeah. You're yeah. spinning your wheels. When you're at a done taking point. care of your family, just be done. You don't have to keep taking care of. Yeah, them. but the problem is that like people don't have plans past that. They think like, oh, this is going to make me happy. This is yeah. what I have to do. I and wonder then they if people there. still think that. Like, I don't think. I think people kind of know now at this point that money's not going to fix their shit. I think that they think that, and then you get to a point because I mean, you've also been. I, I I've certainly been in the point. Where it's like, fuck, man, if I had $10,000 or, like, whatever amount of money, like, I would be so much happier. Like, I've really been, I've been genuinely miserable because of how poor I am. And I think it's easy to, you know, misquantify that or maybe get, like, two in your head and get, like, a little bit of tunnel vision on that. Because I've also seen people do that uh, with other things, too. Like, whether it's, like, moving to Toronto for comedy or, you know, just shit like that where it's like, man, I'm so fucking sad. I hate doing, I hate this and this and this and, like, but it's all going to be better when I move to Toronto. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, you're just going to move to Toronto and then be as sad like people can get that kind of, you know, fucking tunnel vision mentality and all sorts of different things. It's not just the pursuit of wealth. That's true. I just think that's a pretty typical one to fall into. That's true. It is. There is uh, all sorts of ones, even like. Yeah, I mean, even the like stuff we said earlier about like what a guy is supposed to do. Yeah, you can, you know, you can lose yourself chasing fucking. Just the same way you can lose yourself. You totally can't. You totally can't. You're just trying to fucking, you know, fill a fill a hole in your heart. Yeah, like you know. And you think that it's going to be filled with money or women or all this other shit, and it's like no, it's going to be filled with fulfilling relationships and also having hobbies that you enjoy. Yeah, like you think you're at a party, and then fucking fifteen years flies by, and then the next thing you know, like you don't have a personality anymore or have any idea what you like because you've just been mirroring it back at people trying to fuck them. It just fucking sucks that like the key to living a happy life is so boring and lame. It sucks that you need to do moderation. It sucks that it's just like you just got to chill. You just got to chill and be nice to people. And I hate that that's the key. I don't want to have to do that. I want to buy my way to victory. In my heart of hearts, do you know what I want to do is be mean to everybody, work toxically hard, never answer my phone and have zero friends. But it turns out I'll kill myself. I go crazy if I keep doing (laughs) that. And like, but, <laughs> but that's all I want. It's still. so easy to just do that and fall into it and feel like that's the right move. It's weird. I think it's like a, I think it's something that's trained into you from when you're a kid, but I'm not smart enough to like prove that it is. I kind of feel like it's the way that school is. Like, I think that school kind of just teaches you that you always have to be doing shit. You always have to be either at school, you have to be doing homework, you have to be studying for this, yeah, all that shit. And then you get to real life and it's like, oh, I have all this downtime fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 
Being alone with my thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And then you just have to figure out who you are all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's like you don't have, you know, intramural sports or computer club or all that, you know, whatever fucking stupid shit you were doing at school. You just have to fucking find fulfilling things on your own. And like you don't have other people's validation to give or to yeah. anymore. So it's just like, oh, man, what's important to me? And I feel like a lot of people can't even get past that. So then they just find, uh, you know, some fucking somebody to tell them what's important to them. Yeah. Whether that's a business job, whether that's fucking slaving away in the kitchen, whether that's joining the Italian mafia. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I agree with you fully. And I also think that um, that just uh, it helps out my point of, like, a lot of shit is the same as being in the Italian mafia. Yeah. And I think Specifically, all the shit that I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway... I'm pretty hungry and I want to get food. So you got any lessons this taught our parents? Join the mafia, gamble, smoke. Don't get too big for your britches. Don't get too big for your. Don't I have mean, a kid before you know you trust the, the person one. you're having a kid with. Yeah, that's don't use kid. Don't use a kid as leverage. If that's the proof of trust. <laughs> yeah, you need a, like two more things. It's too soon. You need more proofs. Yeah, that can't be the one. Um. Yeah. Don't fly too close to the sun. Uh, what else? Don't go to Vegas. Yeah, just stay out of there. Just, uh, you know. You don't have to go. It's not that pretty in real life. You can go somewhere else. I know that I'm... That casino's out of business. I know There's no that need I, to go. I know I said this was my favorite looking movie I've ever seen. I have been to Vegas. It's worse than this movie. Well, that's because that's how the movie ends, where they're like, yeah, Vegas is fucked now. Yeah, so that's they're right. Yeah, they are right. <laughs> it actually is fucked now. Well, I haven't been. I just know the type of guys who go to Vegas, and it, like, no, I'm good. Yeah, nobody wears suits anymore. Yeah. It's not like everyone's classy now. It's like everyone's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and flip flops, and they're all like, well, you can't say that anymore because it's body shaming. But they're they're all someone uh, who a guy would want to body shame. I'll say that. They're the kind of person very tempting to you start would body shaming. Be disappointed if you sat next to on the airplane. They're the kind of person where they would only post a picture of their face on a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> And if I can't say that, then cancel this podcast, dude. I don't give a fuck. I'm done doing this. I don't care. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. We're the boys. We're the co-consiglieres. Yeah. Uh, Twin Mavericks. Brought to you by your parents. Capos. Watch this. Brought to you by Comedy Here Often. Brought to you by iHeartRadio. Brought to you by motherfucking all the companies that advertised on this episode if they did and if they didn't then we're not brought to you by any companies and yep. all the companies can suck our nuts tune in next week for our for the continuation of our las vegas double feature where we will be doing uh fear and loathing uh in las vegas it's vegas month this week in honor of the fourth <laughs> of july it's vegas month these next two weeks <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you tune in tell everybody you know about this podcast leave a review on itunes send us a message on the instagram about how much you like it or if you have any movie ideas uh come to our shows at the comic strip yeah we alternate wednesdays so just come to the comic strip on wednesday we alternate wednesdays and hey in september uh wait hey what 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 let me pull up a date hey also uh this weekend the fucking the fucking um the weekend that this is since it's coming out 
Yeah. Hey, yeah. The 8th to 11th, I'm at the comic strip opening for Sean LaCombre. He's so funny. He's the best. And also July 21st and 22nd, I'm at the Grindstone Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, and if you don't want to go to the Grindstone Comedy Festival, uh, from the 21st, uh, ju- from, sorry, Edmonton, July 21st to July uh, 25th, I will be at the comic strip opening up for Lisa Baker. Um, but uh, I'll be opening up for Lisa Baker. Uh, Stephen Darnell, friend of the podcast, will also be there. So you'll get to see two fucking of your heroes tearing it up with uh, a, a major player in the Canadian comedy scene. Yeah. Do we have any shout outs to give this week? Um, shout out to uh, Barack Obama. Shout out to Joe Biden's dead dog. Oh, yeah. Shout they killed his dog. Hey, he died himself. He died a natural cause. <laughs> he died himself? Yeah, he died himself. <laughs> he, he did it to him. He killed himself like every other enemy of the Democratic Party yeah. has in the last 40 years. And then also, hey, September 2nd, September 2nd to 4th, it's a, a three-show special. I'm going to be opening up for Shane Gillis at the comic strip. I'm very excited for that. Everyone buy tickets. It's going to sell out. Do you know he's racist, kid? Nope. He hates the... Did you know that uh, um, apart from... You know, the Asian stuff he did. He also hates um, a different type Look, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what I've heard. Please buy tickets to the show. He hates... Um, I don't even want to... Thank s- you, good night.